Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Well, today we're going to do things a smidge differently. Today I'm not only going to do cover changes part four, but also part five. So you're getting both in one episode. The reason I'm doing that is because I'm running out of time. <laughs> I want to get these done before the new year hits. So, because I still have to do accidents happen, which is after the part five, change, changes part five. So without further ado, guys, we're going to like hop right into this. So changes part four is the first one that we're doing here. Aired on February 23rd, 1986. Simon Chillings performs a workshop inkblot test on the fake Punky, which we already saw last episode. Based upon the results, he places the real Punky with a wealthy family. However, she does not take to high society very well. And who would? Alright, so let's jump right into this episode. Um, it picks up right where the last one ended. Henry is still in the hospital bed. He's just finished reading Punky's letter. And for a split second, he's like, maybe Punky's right. Maybe she should be with other foster parents that can give her a better life. And Betty's like, no, 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 no. You and she belong together. So she's like, you know what? She picks up the phone, she puts it right in front of him and says, you call that Simon Chillings, you tell him what's what, who's who, and what's going to happen if he doesn't, you know, Betty's all fired up. She's like, no, you call him and you you set that man straight. Well, of course, Henry does call but gets a busy signal. Kids today don't know what that is. <laughs> um, I don't even know if busy signals even really exist anymore. But, um, yeah, Chillings is on the phone with uh, prospective parents or something. Hold on. And I want to straight out the gate, guys. I want to play this clip because it shows that Henry means business. And Betty is ready to, to help him do whatever he needs to do to get Punky back. So, without further ado, let's play that first clip. Poor child. It's not her fault. Of course it isn't. Although, she may be right about one thing. She might be better off without a foster parent. That little girl doesn't want to leave you. It's right there in black and white. Do you need your eyes fixed, too? My eyes are fine. But what I'm trying to say... Oh, can the bus. Now, you get on that phone at Chillings and you tell him who's who and what's what and who's going to do what to who if he doesn't stop all this foolishness. Betty, you're absolutely right. It's time Wally Mont got into gear. I'm going to get Punky back and nothing's going to stop me. Uh. So Chillings is on the phone and he's telling someone, oh, we have over a hundred children here that are looking for foster homes. And then he sets up an appointment with somebody. And I'm thinking, it almost makes it sound like it's a puppy mill or something. Like, he's just trying to, like, get all these kids, a hundred children that need homes? Oh my gosh, that is a lot of displaced children that need homes. That is just so sad. So once Chillings is off the phone, he kind of sits down with Punky and tells her about this new foster family she's going to be going to. 
the Buckworths, he says that Mrs. Buckworth comes from a long line of wealthy people, and Mr. Buckworth, well, of course, Chillings can't really think of anything else to say other than, well, he's nice too. It's like, okay. There's more to families than their wealth. I mean, I can honestly hope that they actually screen these people. You don't just shove a child with a family, say, here you go, I'll check on you in like three weeks and see how you're holding up. It's like, no, they would have to go through extensive background checks and everything. It's like, you can't just, and you have to make sure that it's the right fit for a child and the people that will be taking her in. You don't just go into this blindly, which all he wants to do is just get these kids out the door, like they're products on an ex uh, assembly line. And this is where Punky kind of asks, you know, if she's being a traitor and he. Chillings is like, well, what do you mean, a traitor? She's like, well, to Henry. So Chillings kind of sits down, he sits in the chair opposite Punky, and he's just praising the Buckworths, like, if you go with them, you'll have the best opportunity to have one of the best lives any child could ever dream of. You know, wealth beyond your imagination, the best schools, the best clothes, the blah, 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 blah. It's like, that... And he's like, oh, you can also travel the world. Um, until... She can't do that until she's adopted. Until they actually adopt her. Like, ugh, oh, God. So I want to play this clip of their little conversation. I'll be right back. Punky! Now, where were we? Mr. and Mrs. Buckworth. Yes, yes, Mr. Buckworth. Now, Mrs. Buckworth is from a very old, respectable family. And Mr. Buckworth is, well, he's nice, too. <laughs> and I think they would make wonderful foster parents for you. Mr. Chillings, are you sure I'm not being a traitor? A traitor? To whom? To Henry. <sighs> now, you and I have agreed that Mr. Warnemont is just unable to take care of you at this time. But if we wait... If we wait, you'll miss a golden opportunity here. Should the Buckworths decide to take you, you would be given every possible advantage. The finest clothes, the best schools, a chance to travel all over the world. You must believe that you're doing the right thing. Maybe so. The right thing sure feels wrong. So in the next scene, the doctor is back. This time he's in a tennis getup, carrying a tennis racket. I guess golf was out. Why is he playing sports that are like, well, although he could be going to a country club to play tennis. I mean, there's that. Maybe it's racquetball. I don't know. Anyway, he tells Henry that it's like, we got to get you down for x-rays. And Henry's like, why? And the doctor's like, well, because we need to make sure that that ulcer is the surgery that you had that you're also mending properly. And then, of course, he tells Henry that, well, you're going to be, you're still on the mend. You're going to be here at least another two weeks, I'm thinking. And even Henry's like, two weeks? And, and Henry's like, well, why can't I mend at home? Why can't I rest up there? And then doctor's all like, well... Yeah, you got room for me at your place? Come on! He can't be an outpatient? There's gotta be 
A way that he can, I mean, yeah, given his age and everything, but come on. Two weeks? They're going to milk that man for whatever money he, I mean, he probably gets Medicaid. I don't know. It was probably better in the 80s. I don't know about that stuff, but dang it. So the doctor opens the door and two orderlies come in with a stretcher to get Henry on it to take him for x-rays and... Henry's like, you know, I'll just be a man when I take a, make a phone call. So they put him on the stretcher, and they pulled that dang telephone wire out of the dang wall as they just are wheeling him down. I was like, come on. And not to mention, what's to say that Chillings would even talk to him at this point? He probably thinks Henry is a lost cause, which we all know that isn't true. Those helium balloons are really holding up nicely after uh, having been there for three or four days, huh? I mean, how many days has it been that he's been in the hospital? So in the next scene, Punky is actually, you can see visibly she's been crying. Tears are pouring down her face. And I notice, like, the jeans that she's wearing that have that bandana around it. One of them's got, like, the pant leg has a belt loop for the bandana to go in. That's kind of cool. And then she's got, like, one of, you know how one of her pant legs is pulled up? She's wearing a long red argyle sock. Like, oh, argyle. She actually pulls her bandana out and kind of wipes her eyes away with it. Like, oh, cool. Can work as a, uh, to wipe your face with when you're sad. So the door opens with chillings and in walks Mr. and Mrs. Buckworth. Um, the guy who plays Mr. Buckworth actually is from, um, he was in the last season of Little House on the Prairie. He played one of the boarders, um, at the, um, the thing that Laura, uh, Ingalls Wilder was running towards, a boarding house, yes. He was one of her boarders. And he even appeared in, like, uh, the la I think the last, uh, Little House movie where they blew up the town. Oh, even Punky, her mouth is agape, like, oh my gosh, these people are really, really fancy. So, she, uh, introduces herself to Mrs. Buckworth, and in the background, Chillings is being a dingbat. At first I thought, does he have to take a dump or something? What's with the bending over constantly? No, he was trying to get Punky to curtsy. One, she's not wearing a dress, and two, she's not going to do that. She's not going to bend over backwards to impress these people, Mr. Chillings. Alright, so I want to play this clip of Punky's sit-down introduction with the Buckworths, and I will be right back. Well, Punky, tell us something about yourself. There's not much to tell, really. When my mother left me, Henry took me in. But Henry's sick now, and he's in the hospital because his business burned down. He can't take care of me anymore. But when Never mind, sweetheart. Jules, dear, I don't think we should make her recall all the terrible things that have happened to her. But, darling, I Drop was... Drop it, Jules. <laughs> yes, dear. Punky, I bet you love to swim, don't you? I don't know how to swim. Oh, well, we'll arrange for lessons right away. I know a wonderful instructor who will come to the house every morning. You have a swimming pool at your house? Yes, right under the dance floor. We also have a stable where you can keep your own horse. Well, uh, I don't have a horse. I think you want another kid. <laughs> well, don't worry, Punky. 
We'll buy you a horse. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, could I bring my dog Brandon? Well, I don't. Please I can't don't. go anywhere without Brandon. We're thicker than fleas. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany, she is adorable. Yes. Ask Simon to come in. Uh, it was an awfully short interview. Is, uh, is, is, is there anything wrong? Not at all, Simon. She is truly charming. We'll take her. <laughs> this is wonderful. I'll get the necessary papers together while Punky packs her things. Oh, she won't be needing her things. <laughs> We're going to have to start from scratch. <laughs> How soon will she be ready? Uh, a couple of hours? Do you deliver? <laughs> deliver? Um... Oh, no, no, of course you don't. We'll have Morgan pick her up later in the town car. Come along, Jules. I'm running late. Yes, Tiffany. <laughs> now, don't you worry about a thing, Precious. We'll be together very soon. Oh, Punky, this is wonderful. Yeah. I'm very happy for you. I'm glad one of us is. So the guy who played, the actor who plays Jules Buckworth, uh, the actor's name is Robert Casper. And as I said before, you would recognize him from The Little House Season 9 and also all the movies. Little House Look Back to Yesterday, which was in 83. Little House Bless All the Dear Children in 84. And also Little House The Last Farewell in 84. He played Sherwood Montague. And he was pretty much kind of like this well-to-do guy. You know, he's very nice, a sweet man, just like he is here. Um... The wife, however, Tiffany Buckworth, eh, oh my, right off the, right off the bat, you can tell this lady's all about her money, all about her fancy clothes, and all of that stuff. Uh, she just gives me the wrong, <laughs> she rubs me the wrong way. She's clearly the woman who wears the pants in the family. She, oh boy, um... So, Jules kind of just opens up to Punky, like, hey, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, which you pretty much hear all of this in the clip. And Punky starts in how her mother abandoned her, Henry took her in, then Henry's business burned down, he wound up in the hospital, and then Tiffany has the nerve to cut her off, like, oh, dear, we don't want her to have to, you know, give us this whole, uh, her whole life backstory here, you know, that wouldn't be good for her. But, and then Jules is just trying to, you know, he's just trying to make conversation and get to know her a little. But then right away, she cuts him off again. It's like, no. Like, lady, oh, I don't like her. This lady is not a nice person. So Tiffany kind of asks her, like, hey, I bet you'd love to swim. And Punky says she has no idea how to swim, which, to be honest, I'm not big on swimming myself. I mean... 
when we go to the lake and stuff when I was a kid, I pretty much could only just doggy paddle. That's about as far as I got. I mean, I did go to, like, YMCA when I was really little and took lessons. And even when I was in fifth grade, when I was 11, I took lessons again. And I I wasn't good. I really wasn't good. And even Jeremy really doesn't know how to swim all that well either. So, um, when Punky says she has she doesn't know how to swim. Well, Tiffany's like, well, that's no problem. We'll get you hooked up with lessons. I'll get you a trainer or an instructor. He'll come by the house every morning. Like, okay, she just said she didn't know how. I don't think she's like, oh, I, I'd love that. I'd love to learn. She, all she said is she can't swim. There was no indication that she wanted you to go get an instructor to teach her. Um, this is kind of fun. I mean, to Punky, she's never, probably never known anyone who's had a swimming pool. And Tiffany's like, oh yeah, it's right under our dance floor. So it's, of course, an indoor in-ground pool. And they have a dance floor, so clearly these people have money. Jules says, well, we even have a stable. And we can get you your own horse. Like, I don't think she has any interest in learning how to ride, either. And Punky's not really, she's not really about that. I mean, any other kid in there, any 99 of those other kids would probably jump at the chance to be sitting where she's sitting. I'm not saying Punky's ungrateful. She just wants to be with Henry. I mean, go find one of those other kids and give Liz, give Liz or Anna or, or, or Millie or Wheezy. One of those girls would gladly step over Punky to be... Like, take horse riding lessons, learn how to swim, dance, what have you. Oh, well, Jules says, we have a stable where you can keep your own horse. And Punky's like, well, I don't have a horse. You know, maybe you want another kid. And she gets up and starts to head towards the door. Jules is like, don't worry, Punky, we'll buy you your own horse. Why are you buying this child's love or this child's acceptance of you? I mean, Jules is cool. He's a nice guy and everything, but you don't have, that's the thing about Punky. You don't have to try hard. It's like, here, I have a lot of money. I want to lavish you with gifts and horses and swimming pools and everything. Mm, you don't have to do that with her. I mean, Henry really didn't have a whole lot of, you know, possessions or anything, but what he had was love. And that was more than any, worth any horse or any anything. So after Jules is like, we can buy you your own horse, Punky turns around with a grimace on her face like, oh, thanks, yeah. Dang it, I can't get out of this, can I? <laughs> like, ah, crap! <laughs> and of course, you know, Punky's like, well, can I bring Brandon? And Tiffany is right away gonna object, like, oh, I don't think. And she's like, well, I can't go anywhere without Brandon. It's like, that's her dog, okay? She's had him since she was, well, Brandon was only, like, what, eight to ten weeks old when the pilot happened, and she was eight, so she's had him for at least over a year. Like, that's one part of her her past life. Let her have her dog. Speaking of, who's taking care of Brandon? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that Mrs. Johnson's probably going to feed him and hopefully taking him out to go to the bathroom, because... Otherwise, he'd just hold up in that apartment by himself. 
So, um, Jules opens the door, and Simon is, like, crouched right outside, eavesdropping the whole freaking time. He just claims, oh, I dropped my pencil. No, you didn't. You were eavesdropping, jerk. And Jules is like, well, she is very splendid. I, and Tiffany's like, well, we'll take her. Yeah, like, she's a freaking diamond ring you're getting from Macy's or some crap. Like, <laughs> wrap her up. We'll take her. And and then Tiffany's like, oh, well, um, she's not going to be needing her things. Don't worry about it. Then she looks at Punky like, we'll have to start from scratch. As in, Punky's going to get a whole new look, a whole new everything. And then they tell, like, oh, can you, do you deliver? Like, she's not a pizza. So they just have their driver go and pick up Punky and uh, bring her from Fenster to uh, their mansion somewhere in Chicago. <laughs> so uh, Chillings is like, don't worry, I'll get all the necessary paperwork for you guys to fill out. And before they leave, um, Tiffany turns, calls Punky precious, and says, don't worry, we'll be back to get you soon or some crap like this. It's like, lady, yuck. You don't need a kid. You need a freaking hobby or something. <laughs> She's got too much time on her hands. Do something with your money. So Jules and Tiffany leave, and then Simon's like, Oh, Punky, I'm so happy for you. She turns to him and says, Well, I'm glad one of us is. <laughs> like, this is not a fun time for her. She's not celebrating. You're pretty much ruining her life. I mean, opportunities aside, yes, yeah, she'll have some of the best opportunities, but it's not what she wants, and it's not what Henry wants either. So after Punky leaves, Henry is finally able to get through to Chillings. He tells him, I don't want you placing Punky with another foster family. And then Chillings breaks the news that it's too, you're too late. I've already placed her with uh, new foster parents. Oh, Henry is devastated. Ugh. And he hangs up the phone. Then we move on to the Buckworth's re residence, where it looks like they're sitting down to dinner. So Jules and Tiffany are kind of sitting down on opposite ends of the table there. A very long table, I might add. They're kind of waiting for Punky. We get to find out what Tiffany's motive is for getting Punky. And let me tell you... She's, this woman's got a lot of nerve. This woman has got a lot of nerve. It's because her friends donate so much time and money to the homeless and everything. She got punky so she could rub it in this lady's face like, oh, you help out the homeless? I got a foster kid now. Ha. How are you going to top that? You did that. You ruined this little girl's life. You're ruining this little girl's life. Uprooting her just so you can show up your Stupid snooty friends. I knew I didn't like this woman by the looks of her. I knew I didn't like her as soon as she opened her mouth. Yeah, Tiffany's like, oh, I can't wait to see their faces when they find out that we have a real-life foster child. And that's when Jules is like, now, dear, we did not get her just for that sake. It's like, really, lady? So Jules brings up the fact, like, how we've always wanted children... And Tiffany kind of puts that thought, like, you know, if you'd have acted more and thought less, we would have had a kid by now. Um, don't put that all on him, lady. Do not put that all on him. He is such a sweet man, and she has taken advantage of this guy. 
I mean, Jules is such an awesome, cool guy that we'll later learn. And she's full out taking advantage. What exactly does she see in him that, I mean, he's a great guy, but he doesn't seem like he's for her. She's just walking all over him. He's saying, yes, ma'am, yes, dear. It's like, he's, he's a yes man. It's like, Jules, you are so much better than that guy. You are so much more than what she is having you do. So the butler calls in Punky's entrance, and we see Brandon wearing little black bows in his, just above his ears, and a really snazzy diamond-studded collar, like, really, really nice. It's like, Brandon's a boy. Why are you dressing him like a girl? And Punky is all dressed up in black silk and everything. She's, she looks really pretty. Her hair is all done up in a bun or something, you know, behind her head. She looks really nice. So I want to play that clip right now of her uh, having dinner with them, sitting down to a fancy dinner. Dinner. <laughs> Be right back. Miss Punky Brewster. Good evening, Punky. I trust your new clothes are satisfactory. Well, they fit. It's just I'm used to wearing clothes with more colors Black such a downer. Oh, no, no, my dear. It's very elegant. And it shows off your pearls beautifully. Are these real pearls? Of course. You're right, Cooper. I owe you a buck. Yes, <laughs> Brandon's dinner is waiting in the kitchen. We always had Brandon with us. In this house, animals do not dine with human beings. They dine with the help. <laughs> I'll show Master Brandon the way. Here, doggy, doggy, doggy. Somebody's birthday. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Bad Raw? Did the chef have time to cook them? Punky precious. They're considered a great delicacy. Raw. 
Oysters, Punky. Okay. <laughs> they don't bite, do they? <laughs> Something wrong, dear? No, it just feels a little clammy. <laughs> Risky little devils, aren't they? <laughs> Boy, you guys sure take a long time to eat. Henry and I would scarf it down in time to watch the new prices right. Tell me, do they still say, come on down? <laughs> To celebrate your arrival here at Buck Manor, I had the cook prepare a special dessert. Cherry's Jubilee. Fire! <laughs> you see, Tiffany, dear, it is more fun with Punky here. There is nothing fun or funny here. And as for you, young lady, that type of behavior will not be tolerated. Go to your suite. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. I just... I guess I don't know how to act. I... Tiffany, don't you think you were a little hard on her? No. Just asking. <laughs> So yeah, Punky is dressed in black, and she's like, well, I'm not used to, uh, you know, I'm used to wearing more colors. And Tiffany's like, oh, no, you look great and everything, and, and they look good with your pearls. And Punky's like, oh, these, are these real? And Tiffany's like, oh, yes. And <laughs> Punky turns to the butler there, and she's like, okay, I owe you a buck. <laughs> You know, even though, you know, you can wash her up, you can make her wear fancy clothes, but at the end of the day, Punky is still Punky. She's still going to be curious. She's still going to have her own personality. It's like, lady, you can't change this kid. You can doll her up as much as you want, but at the end of the day, she's going to be her. So Punky calls over Brandon, and he's even got, like, little black bows on his paws, and I think one in his tail. And Brandon kind of puts his paws up on the table, and Tiffany's like, we don't allow dogs, you know, animals at the table. They eat in the kitchen with the help or whatever. And it's like, lady, yeah, I mean, I understand that, yeah. But she's like, well, Henry always lets me have Brandon in the kitchen when we eat. So I like that um, the butler is like, I'll show Master Brandon the way. Like, oh, Master Brandon? <laughs> He's beneath Brandon, the butler. 
funny. And also kind of sad. So he holds open the door to the kitchen for Brandon. And he's like, here, doggy, doggy, doggy. Oh, I had to laugh at that. That was funny. So Punky takes a look at the napkin that's on her plate. And I agree, it does kind of look like a little party hat thing. She puts it on her head and she's like, hey, is it somebody's birthday? And that's when Tiffany takes her own napkin and kind of like waves it a little bit and sets it on her lap and everything. And Punky's like, oh, right, yeah, sorry. (laughs) I mean, this lady, she's got to give Punky time to adjust to this. She's not just going to come to it automatically and know what everything is. This lady's got no patience. She's got no business being around a little kid. If she can at least have a little bit of patience for the kid to be able to adjust to a new living situation. So the uh, the cook or butler comes out with, I'm guessing either this is the main course or whether it's just an entree before the meal. But Punky must smell it before she even sees it because her nose is already wrinkled up and she's making faces like, what the heck? What is that stench? Oh, God. It smells as bad as I'm sure it's going to taste. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be eating it. So Punky takes a plate from the serving tray and there's four oysters on there. I've never had oysters, but it looks like gray mucus. It looks like something like you have... A lot of, you have a major cold, sinus cold, what have you. you, got a lot of phlegm mucus in your throat, and that's the crap that you're spitting up through your nose, through your mouth, what have you. It looks gross and gray and runny. I can see why Punky would be hesitant, especially if she's never had them before. I'm sure there are people out there that love oysters, think they're a great delicacy. I tell you, the more the merrier. If you love them, that's awesome. Me? I think I'll I'll think I'll pass. So yeah, she points to it. It's like, what is this gray jello? Well, there, there, there's another. Um, that could be. That's a good uh, guess. <laughs> so Jules is just loving this. He's kind of he. It's fun. He. It's like Punky is youthful, and it's like Jules's life is so like you know, button up, strict, whatever, with that wife of his, that seeing someone kind of come in, coming into this um, type of lifestyle and just not knowing what to expect, what, how to handle these things, Jules just kind of laughs, like, oh, no, sweetie, no, it's uh, raw oysters. I'm like, wait, wait, they're raw? Is that how you eat them? You eat them raw? Not cooked? Ew. That sounds like a major case of salmonella poisoning or listeria or some other gross bacteria. So Tiffany is like, punky precious. They're considered a delicacy raw. I'm like, lady, you can lay off this precious crap right now. It's stupid. Just call her punky for crying out loud. It's like... Basically, it's like, so how do you, you basically take the oyster in your hand and you just slop the goop down your throat, like, taking it like a jello shot, like a shot of what have you, like, like, if I put this down my throat really fast, maybe I won't have to taste it. So Tiffany downs one of them, like, just tips it down 
into her mouth. And someone in the audience is like, Ugh. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what Punky is like. The, ex- the expression on her face is like, Ugh. So after looking at um, Tiffany, she turns to Jules, who's kind of like just downing them with ease. Like, okay, he's, he's kind of used to it. This has kind of like become his lifestyle. So he's probably grown accustomed to them after a while. Like, if you eat like... Like, if you try something, like, it's not so great the first time, but after you've had a few, the taste kind of either goes away or you just don't notice it. Maybe. <laughs> so she takes one, lifts it just above her head, tips it forward, so it's... But that way it's angled to go into her mouth. She's even got her mouth open, but she misses. It goes down her shirt, down her little, uh fancy shirt. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, that's gotta be cold and gross. Ew. Luckily, Tiffany didn't see this happen, so, because Punky is, like, trying to hide it, like, as it went down her shirt, and it's like, she's kind of covering, you know, her arms across her chest, like, oh, that probably had to be cold going down. And I'm just looking at this, is this their main course for obster? Or for... <laughs> Uh, oysters, not lobsters. <laughs> Maybe if it were lobster, she'd have better luck. But no, it's like four oysters, lemon wedges, and some, like, parsley, which looks like it's more, like, for decoration on the plate. That's not a meal for a child. That is not a meal. <laughs> and another thing, that is a large glass of milk. Kids need their milk, definitely, but there's also water next to it, too. Punky's trying to fish that uh, oyster out of her dress, her, her fancy shirt. So Jules, not even looking at Punky, just asks, so how do you like oysters, Punky? And Punky's like, oh, um, good. They don't bite, do they? She's freaked out. She thinks this thing's going to come alive in her shirt and bite her. It was just slimy goop. It's not going to bite you, kiddo. So Tiffany asks, is something wrong, dear? And Punky is just kind of trying to air out her shirt. It's like, oh, no, it's just a little uh, clammy in here. And then she gets up from her chair and is kind of moving around, like trying to get that goop out of her shirt. And, of course, Tiffany thinks that Punky is just acting up and being insubordinate or whatever. It's like, lady, she does not know how to act in high society. She does not know. She's not going to come to this and just magically be able to pick everything up. She has to be able to adjust, and you're not letting her. You don't need a kid, lady. You need a job or a hobby or something. You want to show up those fancy neighbors that help out the homeless? Go overseas and help out an orphanage or something like that. Donate to Fenster Hall. Help them place those children in loving homes. Loving homes. With people that aren't looking to up their neighbors with their, or, or whatever. It's like, uh, this lady does not need a child. And I'm happy that she never had one of her own. So after a little bit of jumping around, the thing does fall out of Punky's shirt. She picks it up off the floor and is like, frisky little devils, aren't they? She kind of holds it away from her and kind of examines it. Yeah, Tiffany's not impressed. 
So the scene changes and it looks like they finally got into dessert. So what was their main course? Because we didn't get to see that. But it looks like they got some like vanilla or French vanilla ice cream and a little uh, glass holder thing. And Punky's like, wow, you guys take a long time to eat, uh, you know, eat your dinner and whatnot. You know, we would always, Henry and I would always eat our food really fast so we could catch the new prices right. And, um... Jules is like, oh, do they still say, come on down? It's like, yeah, they still say that now in 2017. Granted, Bob, Bob Barker isn't the host anymore. It's Drew Carey. Or at least I think it's still Drew Carey. Yeah, I just checked with Jeremy. He says, yeah, Drew Carey's still the host of Price is Right. So uh, Tiffany tells Punky that in order to celebrate her first evening at Buck Manor, Buckworth Manor, uh, she had the chef prepare Cherry's Jubilee, which the chef comes out in, or the butler, whoever, comes out with this um, really, uh, what is it? It almost looks like a gravy boat thing, but it's not. And um, it's on fire. <laughs> it's Cherry's Jubilee. I don't know. I guess that's how they, they cook it. But Punky's never seen this before, so her reaction, she's freaked like, oh my god, Fire! Yeah, she screams fire, grabs some water from um, the dining room table, and just schlops it all over, putting out the fire, and thus ruining the Cherry Jubilee. So, of course, Tiffany has had enough of Punky's antics. Jules is getting a kick. He is loving this. He is like, wow, we have been missing so much out of our life. And this is, he admits, it is so much more fun with Punky here. It is, because what she brings to the table is hilarity and her not knowing how to do things there. It's just so funny. But, of course, Tiffany isn't laughing. She's fuming. She's scowling. So she has the cook take the ruined jubil cherry jubilee away, tells Punky that her behavior will not be tolerated at the dinner table, and orders her to her suite. And Punky just looks like, yes, ma'am. She's, she's freaked. You know, she's like, great. My first night here and I'm already messing things up. So as Punky heads, uh, heads to run out of the dining room, she turns and she apologizes. She's like, I'm sorry. I, I don't know how to act. And I feel for her here. She doesn't know how to act. Your expectations, Tiffany, are very high for this young girl. Like I've said constantly, she has to have time to adjust to this life. And this woman's clearly got no time to let her adjust. Or she doesn't want to. She thinks that Punky is just automatically going to just, like, come to it naturally. So the phone buzzes and Jules goes to pick it up and covers, like, the mouthpiece to say, Oh, it's Punky. She's lost. And then he tells Punky, Don't worry. You stay right where you are. I will help you find your way. And he goes to her. He is an awesome, awesome guy. That guy would be a great father. Alright, the tears are back again. It's two weeks later, Henry is sitting in Punky's room on a stool, holding her Henrietta doll, and just, he's crying. He's, he, he's really broken up. He looks really rough, you know, he just got out of the hospital, and he misses just him sitting in her room and all of her stuff and just he's holding her down and just 
how he says he misses her, and this breaks my heart so much. So then we see the living room, and Punky rushes in. She's dressed in her riding outfit with a riding crop. And I want to play this clip between her and Henry. They finally get to see each other after two weeks. Oh, it's so wonderful. Henry, how are you? I'm fine. Uh, how are you? I'm great. Oh, good. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a very handsome outfit you're wearing. Thanks. It's my riding costume. I was having my posting lessons today. And you know what? What? Well, me and my horse were on our way back to the stables. And I knew you were home from the hospital. I just had to see you. So I hopped the fence and galloped over here lickety-split. Oh, you came on your horse? Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful, Punky. <sighs> well, it sounds as though you're very happy at the Buckworths. Oh, yeah. Very happy. I've got this wonderful suite in the East Wing. Thank goodness Brand knows East from West, because without him, I'd always end up in the billiard room. <laughs> and the Buckworths buy me more new clothes every day. I've changed three times today. I've got two more to go. Oh, well, I'm glad I don't have to do the ironing. <laughs> Oh, well, I have to run. I'm late for my flying lessons. Uh, Punky, I'm very happy you came by. You're the best medicine I could have. I'm happy you're feeling better. I knew everything would work out for the best. Well, goodbye, Henry. Goodbye, Punky. you too. I mean, the Buckwars are okay, but they just keep giving me everything I never even wanted. I don't have what I want either. All I want is to come back home with you. Are you sure? I'm sure. I'm really, 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 really sure. That settles it. If I have to go to the Supreme Court, I'll get you back. And when I do, nothing, nothing will ever come between us. <laughs> so Punky picks up Henry's hat and kind of just hugs it to herself, kind of like Henry was doing with her doll. And she's like, I miss you, Henry. And then she's just kind of holding his hat. And then 
Out of her room comes Henry. He comes in the living room, and he surprises. They're both surprised to see each other. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, he asks you know, how she is, and she says, fine, they hug for a moment. But it just seems like it's a little awkward, you know. There's been a little bit of time. A little time has passed, so they're a little awkward with each other. So, um, you know, she, he just asks how she is. She says she's doing well. So my little bunny, my little bunny London decided to come in my room and visit me while I'm re- uh, recording my podcast. Um, but anyway, <laughs> back to the episode. Punky tells Henry she's been riding and she jumped a fence with her horse and came right to see him because she knew he was getting out of the hospital. So they sit down on the couch, and Henry's kind of like, well, um, you know, looks like you're really happy at the Buckworths. And Punky just kind of mumbles like, yeah, yeah, really happy. Like, no, she, she's really not. <laughs> I mean, he can see that in her clearly. Like, no, she does not want to be there any more than he wants her to be there. She wants to be with him. So Punky tells him how it's a good thing that Brandon knows east from west, or she'd always find herself in the billiard room or the billiards room, and um, she mentions how the Buckworths buy her clothes every day. Yeah, but probably not clothes that she's accustomed to wearing, because she's kind of got her riding gear on then, but I mean, you need that in order to ride a horse, I guess. Or do you really? Do you really need all that stuff to ride a horse? I mean, definitely a helmet. You, you gotta have that, otherwise you fall off, you're, you're probably dead. So Punky tells him she's changed three times today, and she's still got two more to go. And Henry's like, well, yeah, oh, I'm happy I don't have to do the ironing or the laundry. Ugh. I'm happy I don't do the laundry here. Jeremy does that, and I do the dishes, so it works out overall. So she checks her watch or whatever, realizes she's going to be late for her flying lesson. Flying lessons? I don't see how that's, uh, I don't know what that consists of. But Henry is like, I'm glad you came to see me. You know, this was the best medicine. You are the best medicine that you could have given me. And Punky's like, well, I'm glad that you're doing well. And she gets ready to leave. So she turns away and he turns away. And then she turns back and he kind of looks back at her. And they run into each other's arms. And they kind of collapse on the couch. It's like... They just, she says, I miss you so much. I'm starting to cry again. Guys, these episodes are so sad. Oh my gosh, are they so sad. But they're happy too, in a way. Henry tells her that he misses her too. And Punky says that Buckworths are okay, but they keep giving me stuff I never even wanted. So it's like, here, I'm throwing money at you. This is my way of affection. Henry tells her, you know, I don't have what I want either. And she's like, all I want is to come back home. (laughs) All I want is to come back home to you. And Henry's like, that's all I want too. But he's like, are you sure this is what you really want? (laughs) So she says, I'm really, 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 really sure. And Henry's like, that settles it. He's excited. He jumps off the couch. He's like, If I have to go to the Supreme Court, I am going to get you back. And then nothing, nothing will keep us apart. He is, he, he's ready to go to the Supreme Court if he has to. If he has to go 
to fight for her. He will do whatever it takes to keep her in his life. He is so happy. My God, guys, he has been so broken up in that hospital without her there and hearing bad news after another, you know, that she was going to be, wouldn't be able to come home to him. She, he, that Punky had to go back to uh, Fenster Hall. Then that she was being placed with foster parents. Then she was placed with foster parents. To just see her, guys, he, his eyes just light up at this little girl. She has brought so much joy into his life in only a year's time. Oh. So they hug, and that's, I think that's pretty much the episode. I really do. Of course, oh no, who happens to come in but her horse? We'll learn what his name is in the next episode. So I will stop there, and I will read some YouTube comments, and we will jump into the Brandon Tailwag episode rating and the Punky's Principles, and we'll be right back. You know, on second thought, I think we're just going to do the YouTube comments, and I want to find out what other people have said about this episode, and then we're just, you know what, we're going to move right into Changes Part 5, and then I'll just do the uh, combined four and Part 4 and Part 5 together, the episode rating, and the Punky's Principles. We'll just sandwich them together, and that'll be that. Alright, let's get to those YouTube comments, huh? Is anyone else's eyes wet still? <laughs> oh my gosh! I have not cried like this in so long. It's good to do that once in a while, you know? It is good to let out a cry. And this show definitely does bring on the tears. Alright everyone, let's jump into these YouTube comments for Changes Part 4. Here's the first one. I don't like her new foster mom. She is a stuck-up snob. Here's another one. This person kind of also uh, replied to this one as an and and that did make me realize like yeah keep in mind the new mother was actually meant for Margot as in yeah Margot you kind of screwed Punky over a little bit by giving those answers to the Rorschach paintings yeah here's another one this is really cute my granddaughters have fallen in love with Punky and right now they are so sad. Age five and six. That is, um, I love the idea that younger kids are coming to Punky Brewster. That is amazing. Through generation after generation, Punky Brewster still lives on. Here's another one. Why would he be so obsessed? They're referring to Chillings here. <clears throat> Why would he be so obsessed with getting Punky new foster parents when there's many other kids at Fenster? Yeah, he said at least a hundred of them that would actually want to go with these people. Even though, here's another one, even though I was 100% sure they'd be together again, these episodes got me so worried. That's right. I mean, even if you know the end result and you've seen these episodes before, whether it's been years or what have you, you these episodes still worry you. Guys, this arc from part one to part five, that was a month. People had to wait a month long through all five parts to find out the final outcome. Can you imagine that? I mean, that's a whole story arc. A season of a show is normally like 20-some episodes. And these were five of them. So this is like 
a third of a season or something. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> Here's another one. It's so sweet these foster parents have all of the things a child would dream of money-wise, but she lo Punky loves Henry so much she would rather live with him in a small apartment rather than live as a spoiled brat. Here's another one. Saddest moment in the entire series. Henry alone in the the flat or apartment missing punky yeah when he was sitting there holding her doll guys it looked like he had tears in his eyes here's another one raw oysters have given people food poisoning never in all caps eat any meat especially seafood raw i don't care how much of a quote-unquote delicacy they are here's another one man the love between Punky and Henry is unconditional. How beautiful to feel that. Guys, that is absolutely 100% true. Here's another one. I wonder if modern day laws have changed and if in most Western countries the child gets any input to whether they, where they want to be placed with the, whether they want to be placed with the family. All right. So that being said, guys, let's jump into part five, huh? All right. So we pick up right where we left off in Henry's apartment with the horse coming in <laughs> to check on Punky. See, Punky is so good with animals. Animals are just drawn to her. They love her. She's so sweet. So the horse we learn, his name is Foxfire, and he's got his muzzle, his muzzle or, or however you want to call it his nose right pressed up into Henry's face like on the back of his head right near his eye that horse just wants like oh you smell so nice human <laughs> and Henry gets up off the couch he's like Punky what what is this horse doing here in the apartment so Punky of course explains us like you know Fox Fairy misses me when I'm not there he was just checking up, and Henry's like, okay, that's wonderful, but you know what? I think it's time for Foxfire to go wait out in the hall, or as Henry says, hit the happy trail. I want to play that clip, guys, because it's so funny and it's so cute. I'll be right back. And now the conclusion of Changes. Parky. There's a horse in the living room. Uh, this is Foxfire. Foxfire, this is Henry. Pleased to meet you. <clears throat> Why is he in the living room? I guess he missed me. We've become such good friends that he gets lonely when I'm gone too long. I think it's time for Foxfire to hit the happy trail. No problem. I'll just have to take him around the couch. Oh. You know, Foxfire is real talented. Want to see how high you can jump? No! <laughs> I'll take the words. Now, I want you to go downstairs and wait for me outside. And don't slide down the banister! <laughs> you know, Foxfire kind of reminds me of Brandon when he was a puppy. Except a horse is a lot harder to potty train. Punky. Are you absolutely certain you want to come back here with me? Absolutely. That would mean no more tennis courts, no more swimming pools, no more foxfire. No more nannies, no more butlers, no more tutors. Just you, me, and Brandon. 
the way it should be. <laughs> the way it should be. I love when Punky says how Foxfire kind of reminds her of Brandon, like when he was a puppy, but, you know, Brandon was easier to potty train. And then Henry kind of sits her down like, are you really sure this is what you want to come back here? And he's like, there will be no more tennis courts, no more Foxfire, no more swimming pools. And Punky's like, yeah, you know, no more tutors, no more, um whatever um no more nannies no more butlers she says just you me and brandon the way it should be and henry's like yes the way it should be yes and i'm like yes the way it needs to be all of a sudden there's a scream from out in the hallway and it's betty foxfire decided not to go downstairs and wait for punky he decided to check out what betty has in the grocery bag and he finds carrots oh horses and carrots they go hand in hand. So Punky and Henry are like come out into the hall and just kind of see Foxfire is really assaulting Betty. He pulls the grocery bag out of her hands and whips it onto the floor. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, Foxfire, you goofy, goofy horsey. We are all going to miss you so much, I'm sure. So when Betty gets her voice back, she threatens Foxfire and says, Touch me and you're glue. <laughs> hey, look, it's Midtown Mall. Remember from Christmas Shoplifting, that season two, episode 13 episode? <laughs> like, yay, we get to, we tell it, we can tell it's Midtown Mall because there's that sign that shows you where you are in the mall and the color-coded stores and levels. So, at the, at the uh, mall, we get a little fun surprise of, remember from season one, Mr. Green from episode Dog Doe Afternoon when Punky tries to get a loan from the bank from Mr. Green. So, he is who Henry is meeting to hopefully get a loan to be able to open up what we see is a vacant storefront for his photography business. So he kind of shows uh, Mr. Green the space that he wants to rent for his photography business. And, of course, Betty's come along. I think that Henry probably set this up, too. Betty's come along to have Cherry kind of stand there by the, the space and, like, she takes her picture with the camera. So basically it's like she's there to, you know, uh, do a little sales pitch. Like, oh, gee, I wish there was a photography studio where I could develop my film. So... And Mr. Green kind of questions, like, uh, Henry, like, do you think that a photography studio could be profitable here? And that's when uh, Betty hits the flash at her camera, which hits Mr. Green right in the face. Like, he gets that bright flash in his eyes. It's like, uh, Betty, uh, wrong move there. But I think it's in a mall. You get a lot of people coming and going. People want to develop their film and stuff like that. So, yeah, I honestly... Personally, I think that that would be profitable. Of course, I'm talking 1986, not 2017. Oh, Henry's angry at Betty. That's what she's doing there. I'm like, oh, oh, so he doesn't, so she's not part of the setup. Oh, dang. But she had good intentions. <laughs> Although she's probably going to ruin them now, but that's Betty for you. So, of course, Betty kind of, uh, she coached Cherry on what to say. In the hell? Hold on a second. What? Sorry, everybody. London knows 
well, actually, he did. He knocked over my framed Wonder Years picture that is autographed by Fred Savage. Luckily, nothing happened. The glass is fine. Everything's fine. I just, I put it, London, stay away from there. Don't touch it. You, don't, don't, don't touch it, buddy. Come on. Behave. He left. He took my advice and left. Um... Yeah, so Betty must have coached Cherry on what to say, and she's kind of, like, flubbing it all up, like, oh, I wish there was a place. And Betty's just trying to coach her along, like, yeah, it's a place that you would like to go to, a photo place. So Mr. Green is really hip to, uh, oh, what are you doing? Ah, gross. Now he's playing with the thing I used to scoop Quinn's cat litter. Alright, I shut the door. It's gonna get warm in here, but at least that way London will not be uh, wrecking havoc all over everything. Okay, let's see. So Betty goes up to Mr. Green and is like, oh, sir, do you know of another uh, uh, photography studio in the mall? And Mr. Green is pretty much wise to, like, what their intentions are. And he's like, I don't know. And he just kind of eyeballs Henry like, hmm. So Henry kind of takes Mr. Green in and kind of gives him an idea or a pitch of what he wants to do with this studio. He said he'll not only he'll have in one spot the one hour developing footage and another one he wants to also do like fun photos. You know like the kind you go like on the boardwalk and um, they have like the little things where you, you know the funny cardboard uh, the cutouts and stuff that you stick your head into stuff like that. Which, I think that is a great idea. That is a, such a cool idea. I've never done it myself, but Henry's got it. I mean, he's got flair for business and everything like that. Not to mention, he has displaced customers that he have probably been going to him for a while that are probably going to competition somewhere. It's like, yeah, he's got a customer base. All he has to do is set this up and bring them in. And not to mention, that's kind of a benefit, too. He puts it in the mall. You can get people, you know, your regular people coming in. They can not only go to your place, they can get, you know, food at the food court, stuff like that. It's a win-win for all, I think. Oh, also he wants to do the thing where, like, you can, um, photos and backdrops with costumes and stuff like they did, um, when Jeremy and I went to Mackinac, and they had that kind of setup where you can take an old-time photo. That's a really awesome idea! So Mr. Green kind of, Green kind of asks, you know, what kind of loan are you looking for, and Henry's like, just something to set me up for the first six months, and then by then, business should be rolling in, and he should be able to take care of that loan. So Mr. Green is like, all right, well, I have my secretary do a background credit check on you. And he pulls it out of his briefcase. And it's not looking good, guys. So it turns out Henry doesn't have any credit history. And Mr. Green is like, you, you don't owe any money. You've never... And Henry's like, no, I've always paid cash for everything. And Mr. Green kind of lets him know. It's like, well... Unless you don't, if you don't have any credit history, I can't give you a loan. But he does recommend that Henry go out, get a credit card, put a Lamborghini on it or something. Can you really buy a car with a credit card? I don't think you can. Um, yeah, that just, yeah, so let him get into debt. Or even if he just got a credit card and, like, 
put something that he could quickly pay back on it. That would at least give him enough credit so that way he should be able to get a loan. I would think anyway. I mean, we get it when Jeremy and I get our stuff paid off. We should have really, really good credit. Oh my gosh! No, what he's saying is get a credit card, charge it to the limit, go put like a microwave on layaway, or get a uh, El Dorado. Take seven or eight years to pay it off. Are you kidding me? Henry is 64 years old. He doesn't have seven or eight years. Well, maybe he does. But he's not going to want to spend that paying something off. So Mr. Green says, there's really nothing I can do to help you. But then Henry says, if I don't get this loan, I can't get Punky back. And that kind of rings some bells in Mr. Green's mind. Like, Punky? Punky Brewster? The girl with the pigtails and the different colored shoes? And Henry's like, yeah, that's her. So uh, Henry's surprised, like, oh, you know her? And he's like, yeah, she came to see me about a, no a loan once, uh, $80,000, <laughs> in fact. <laughs> so Henry's like, well, did she qualify? And, and you know, Mr. Green kind of goes on how he was really touched by her story, you know, her trying to help out her foster father. But then that dawns on him. He turns to Henry and he's like, well, that must be you. Guys, I want to play this clip after I'm done with this real quick because I really like this his setup and everything it's just amazing actually you know I'm going to play the clip now and I'll be right back listen I've got to get this loan if I don't I'll never get Punky back Punky Punky a cute little girl pigtails different colored tennis shoes yes you know her as a matter of fact I do she came to see me for a loan once <laughs> $80,000 she qualify? You know, I've never forgotten her. I was always touched by her concern for her foster father. Well, that must be you. Yes. She's the most important thing in my life. Please, please, you've got to help me. I'm sorry, my bank will not allow me to give you the money. I see. But, uh... <clears throat> Would you accept a loan from me, personally? What? Well, I'm always looking for a good investment, and you're a responsible man with a sound business idea. Oliver, I'm touched. You hear about cold-blooded bankers, but you are a warm, caring human being. In a pig's eye. <laughs> I expect to double my money. Capiche? Capiche. So Henry really pleads to him, like, please, please, I really need the money. And Mr. Green is like, basically, his hands are tied. The bank won't allow him to give him that loan with a credit history. And then Mr. Green does something absolutely amazing. He says, I wouldn't mind giving you a personal loan for myself. As in, you know, he likes to be able to, uh, hold on. Yep, he's just looking for, for a good investment, something to put his money into, and everything like that. And uh, he's like, well, I would expect to, you know, double, you know, what I, basically what he wants to see and everything. So he makes a deal with Henry, and that's when Mike shows up asking for passport photos. So he's kind of in on the whole rooster, and I think Henry's like... I, you don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> Guys, this man here just offered me a loan, so I'm good. You know, and this guy, he believes in Henry. He's like, you know, you look like a sound man with a decent business idea. 
he's like, yeah, he's, yeah, he'll support him. They shake on it. It's all good. So, <laughs> of course, Mr. Green is like, relax, guy. He's got the money. Don't worry about it. And that's when he, you know, Mr. Green leaves. And then Mike hugs Henry like, oh, congratulations. So now we move on to another dinner scene or lunch scene or breakfast scene or whatever scene this is with Punky and the Buckworths. Ah, oh, this lady is still a cold-hearted something or other. It's dinner time. Well, it's just her right there with the, the cook or butler or whatever he's supposed to be. And she asks, well, what is this thing here on the table? And he's like, well, I think it's a yo-yo. And she's like, get it out of my sight. I don't want to see it. And then she said, Tell, remind Punky that if she doesn't take care of her toys, I'll have them destroyed. This lady does not need to take care of children. So that's when Jules comes in and he tells, uh, Tiffany that he and Punky went to the park and then he suggests maybe they should build one on the west lawn somewhere for Punky and that's when Tiffany is all like don't worry I have an even better surprise for Punky yeah this is gonna not go well so when Tiffany asks well where is Punky that's when Punky comes in on a pogo stick she's still wearing black but at least this time they kind of integrated a little bit of light blue into her shirt into her uh, outfit her wardrobe, whatever you want to call it. I, would, <laughs> I remember when I worked at Goodwill once, somebody had donated a pogo stick. And of course, I tried it, which in a way, that could be a liability on a cement floor. One of us falls on it, boom, Goodwill's getting sued. Um, but I tried it. I could not stay on that thing. I kept, like, slipping off of, like, I couldn't keep my balance, but, um, my co-worker, his name was Corey, actually was able to keep on that pretty well. He was able to stay on it a lot longer. Cool. Of course, Tiffany has to chastise Punky, saying, we don't hop, we walk with elegance and poise into a room, and she tells Punky to remember herself. She's nine. She's not going to know this, what that even means, because that's when Punky's like, well, yeah, I remember me. I'm Punky. Like, she does know herself, lady. What the heck? So Punky hands off the pogo stick to the butler, and she leans down to Jules and says, Henry's got some incredible news. And then Tiffany interrupts and is like, well, I have some wonderful news of my, my, of my own, too. No, you don't, lady. So Tiffany drops the ball and says how she just purchased a home in the the French Riviera or whatever, and Jules is like, oh, yeah, that'll be a great summer home. And she says, well, it's not going to be a summer home because we're going to move there permanently. And by we, she means all three of them. And at hearing this, Punky is freaked. Her mouth is agape, jaw dropped, hitting the floor. Like, wait, wait, excuse me? So Punky doesn't even look at Tiffany. She turns straight to Jules and is like, did she just say what I think she said? And Jules, Jules is not happy about this. He's like, I believe so. And it looks like we're moving to Europe. Like, you're not taking that little girl anywhere. First of all, she's your foster daughter, not your adopted daughter. So you do not legally have the right to be able to remove her from the country. I don't even think you can take her out of the state that she's in either. I mean, this lady's got some freaking nerve. So I'm going to play the clip and I will be right back. 
Freeze! We do not bounce into a room. We walk with grace and poise. Remember yourself. I remember. I'm punky. <laughs> May I take your hopping machine? Sure, Cuthbert. And it's a pogo stick. <laughs> Jules, Henry just gave me some great news. That's wonderful. Sit down, Punky. I have some wonderful news myself. You do? Yes. I've just purchased the most darling little castle on the French Riviera. How nice, Tiffany. It'll make a lovely summer home. Oh, it's not just a summer home. We're moving there permanently. she said? Yes. We're moving to Europe. We leave in four days. It doesn't give us much time to pack. Or say goodbye or anything. Everyone you need to say goodbye to is going with you. You know, I don't speak French. Maybe I should stay here and take lessons for a few years. <laughs> the subject is closed. Now let's eat. Something wrong with your salad, dear? Tiffany, I think she's feeling a little uneasy about making such a big move. Is that it, Punky? Kind of. Oh, pish-tosh. But dearest, <laughs> Europe does seem like a strange and faraway land when you're a little person. I understand, Jules, but you'll be with me. You've no need to be afraid. Thank you, dear. Still, a move like this will be a big adjustment for all of us. Right, Punky? What's wrong with you people? We're going to indulge ourselves in a luxurious lifestyle in one of the world's most beautiful settings. Let's be thrilled! Cuthbert, does living in Europe sound like a dream come true, or have I completely lost my mind? Yes, Mum. Cuthbert agrees. We're going. Excuse me, but may I say something? Of course you can, Punky. Go ahead. First of all, I think it was real nice of you guys to become my foster parents. And... There's a lot of other kids who need good homes. And you, you have one of the goodest homes in the whole world. Okay. There's no need for you to thank us. No, let her finish, Drew. It's about time she showed some appreciation. <laughs> Go ahead, my dear. What else did you want to say? I want to go back with Henry. What? I'm sorry, but I'll never be a Buckworth. More of a Warnemont kind of girl. But, Punky, it isn't possible for you to be with Mr. Warnemont. It is now. That's why he called. He got a loan and he's opening up a new studio. Well, good for him. And good for me, too. Because now I can go back with him 
that is, if it's okay with you guys. Well, Tiffany, what do you say? Absolutely not. Please, Mrs. Duckworth. Me and Henry love each other. We want to be together. Oh, spare me the histrionics, Punky. No one forced you to come here. You made your own choice, and it's a choice you're going to have to live with. I only came here because... I don't care why you came. You're here now, and you belong to me. Remember, you are now one of the wealthiest children in the country. But I don't want your money. Oh, no, no, it's more than money. It's position. It's power. And it's also a responsibility. From now on, you are to conduct yourself in the well-bred manner that bespeaks your station in life. You will behave as I instruct you. Say what I tell you to say. Do what I... That's enough. I beg your pardon? Sit down and be quiet. Jules, I was... Sit! I'm experiencing deja vu. That speech you just made to Punky is the very same speech you made to me on our wedding night. <laughs> For 20 years, I have endured this charade of a marriage. For 20 years, I have let you bully me. For 20 years, it's been, yes, Tiffany, fine, Tiffany, whatever you say, Tiffany. Well, listen to this. No, Tiffany. Forget it, Tiffany. Jules, I want you to... Put a sock in it, Tiffany. <laughs> I have allowed you to browbeat me into a life of privileged misery, but I will not allow you to do the same thing to this little girl. Jules, the only thing you have ever contributed to our marriage is your respectable family name. You have absolutely no money of your own. If you don't apologize to me this instant, I will cut you off without a penny. Tiffany, your cutting off days are over. I'm leaving you. I'll have our attorney contact our attorney. <laughs> Leave me and you'll have nothing. Oh, there's where you're wrong. I have the one thing I haven't had for 20 years. My self-respect. Punky. There's a lesson to be learned in this. Money can buy things, but not people. There's only one way you can belong to someone. And that's in your heart. Yes, sir. <laughs> Come on, short stuff. Let's get you back to where you belong. Yes, sir. So, of course, Punky does not take this news lightly, moving to Europe or wherever. And she's like, oh, I don't know how to speak French. Maybe I should stay here and, like, study for two years or something. And then, of course, Tiffany won't hear anything of it. It's like, no, subject's closed. We're eating. We're having dinner now. And then Jules kind of, like, says, you know, this is a big adjustment for a little girl. Or for a little person or something like that. To move to a faraway land. And then Tiffany has the nerve to call him out on his height. Like, oh, well, that's okay. You'll be with me. It's like, 
Oh, if this was not a clean podcast, I'd tell you what I think of this woman, but I am holding back because of that. So Tiffany gets outright angry with Punky and Jules. It's like, what is wrong with you people? You should be happy. We're going to induct ourselves in the culture of blah, 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 blah. It's like, you need to stop, lady. This controllingness that you're doing ends now. You can't mentally beat someone into submission because you want them to do what you want to do. So Punky finally speaks up. He's like, can I say something? And Jules says, yeah, of course you can. So she starts in how it's nice that you guys took me in, you know, to be my foster parents. But she, there are a lot of other kids, you know, at Finster Hall that could use a home like this. Basically, she's like, well, why don't you take one of them and let me go back to Henry? So Jules is like, oh, sweetie, you don't have to thank us. But no, Tiffany's all like, no, let her finish so she can, or, because it's about time that she started showing some appreciation. Lady, she has bent over backwards as far as she can to please you, and you don't seem to give a crap. You want someone to bend into submission, then why don't you go find, I don't know, I don't know. Someone who wants to be treated like crap, I guess. So I like how she says, I'm not a Buckworth kind of girl. I'm more of a Warnemont girl. And that's what Jules says, but Punky, you're not really able right now to be with Mr. Warnemont. But, and then Punky turns to him. He's like, but actually. So she tells him, he's like, yeah, he got a loan and he's opening up a new studio. That is exactly a requirement he needed to be able to take Punky back. And he's done that. So she should be able to go back with him. And Jules is like, yeah, that's good for him. And she's, and Punky's like, yeah, it's good for me too because now I can go back with him. And then she turns nervously to Tiffany. She's like, oh, if that's okay with you guys. It's like, this child should not have to be afraid of her foster parents. But, the, I mean, Jules, there's nothing, he's a cool dude. This Tiffany, no. So Punky is outright begging to this woman, like, please, let me go back to Henry. We love each other. And then, of course, Tiffany just waves her hand like, I don't want to hear any more of this. I don't want to hear of your history together. Excuse me? Oh, this is, this is brilliant what she says, Mrs. Buckworth. Nobody forced you to come here. You came on your, of your own accord, of your own choosing. No, she did not. You forced her hand. Chillings forced her hand. You could have taken any other kid who would have been glad to go with you. So don't say that she chose that, because she surely did not. And Punky's like, well, I only came. And then Tiffany's like, I don't care why you came. You belong to me. <laughs> it's like... She is not a piece of property. She is a human being. A living, breathing human being with thoughts and feelings. She's not a piece of property. This woman needs to be... She needs to be taught a lesson. Someone needs to teach her a lesson. So Tiffany kind of takes a step back for a second, realizing that maybe she was a little harsh. She leans down to Punky and says, you are now one of the wealthiest children in the country. And Punky looks at her, she's like, I, I don't want your money. She doesn't want your money. I surely wouldn't want that with the strings that come attached. Dang it, Margo. Even though I thought you were doing something good, 
he kind of screwed her over. Okay, answer me this. What nine-year-old cares about position and power? None of them. No child cares about that. I certainly didn't when I was nine. I was trying to get through the third grade. My biggest thing was when I was nine years old was making sure I got home in time to watch whatever TV show I was into because they didn't have DVRs back in the day. So Tiffany wastes no time pretty much telling Punky, you'll do as I say. You'll say what I tell you to say. You're going to conduct yourself in a well-bred manner. Lady, you don't need a kid. You need someone else that's... Uh, 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 and no kid at Foster, I'm telling you, is going to put it... Well, would they really want to sacrifice their own being just for money and toys and stuff? That seems like a lot. A person is worth more than just material goods. So, while Tiffany is ranting and raving about how she's going to tell Punky what to do, what to wear, how to act, Jules has had enough. He has had enough. So he slams his fist down on the table. He's like, no, no, you sit down, you listen to what I have to tell you. Because believe you me, I got a lot to get off my chest here. And he said that is the exact same speech that sh Tiffany gave to Jules on their wedding night. Guy, <laughs> you, you could have gotten an annulment or, or something. But turns out Tiffany's like, um, yeah, you know, the only thing you gave me was your good name. But you have nothing other than that name to offer me. Basically, you leave... You're penniless. You have nothing. It's like, no. He says, no. I leave you. I walk away with one thing. And it's a lot more worth than money. He says, I leave with my self-respect. And I'm like, yes. Yes. You go. You go, buddy. No more will you be a kicked horse. No, he sticks a point of finger right in her face. He says, sit down and the audience applauds like oh yes 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 you go man you go you tell her how it's gonna be he put up with this woman's crap for 20 years 20 years oh my gosh omg finally he's like no i'm telling you how it's gonna be it's not going to be yes, dear, yes, Tiffany, whatever. It's going to be no, Tiffany, no. It's going to be shut your mouth, Tiff Tiffany. <laughs> it's going to be called you're going to do what I say now, Tiffany. So it's his respectable name that she's holding on to. She says you have no money of your own. And he basically tells her, you know, what you put me through, you are not doing that to this little girl. She is not going to go through life like something on the bottom of somebody's shoe. So when she threatens to cut him off without a cent, he just looks at her like, so? <laughs> I don't care. Like, I'm leaving you. I'll have the marriage annulled. And I'll have our, our attorney contact uh, our attorney. So he kneels down to Punky's level, and Jules tells her, You know, Punky, money can't buy all things, but what matters is what's in your heart. 
so he basically decides, I'm going to take you back to Henry, where you belong, where you're happiest. So he actually says, all right, let's get you back to where you belong, short stuff. And she's like, yes, sir. And she climbs on his back. He gives her a piggyback ride out of the dining room. And, of course, Tiffany is just fuming and angry, like, I really don't care about her. If we never see her again, thank goodness we do not. I don't care what happens to her. So Henry is uh, sitting on the couch in the apartment, kind of drinking some tea and flipping through the photo album of the past year with Punky. And it looks like a lot of the pictures look like stills from past episodes. Like um, when Punky did the Little Miss Adorable pageant, uh, Christmas season one. Also when they went, uh, the episode Gone Fishing from season one, when they all went fishing. So here, he's sitting there, the doorbell rings, and that's when Jules comes in with Punky. So I'm going to play that scene right now, and I'll be right back. Come in. Mr. Wallamont. Yes? I'm Jules Buckworth. Somehow, sir, a very special little girl ended up in the wrong home. And it is now my very great pleasure to bring her back where she belongs. Hi, Henry. Hello, Punky. Welcome home. And then he opens the door. She's standing there in her in her coat with Brandon by her side. And she rushes into Henry's arms and they hug. And my eyes are back to watering again. <laughs> so now we move on to the mall, Midtown Mall. And we see Henry's got his studio up. It says Warnemont. And it's really cool because it's got, like, the flashing. His name is, like, flashing in, like... Like, blue letters and then, like, um, green letters and pink letters. It's really, really cool. I love that so much. So we see, actually, Mike is um, running Warnema, uh, Henry Studio at the moment. Um, this lady, he, he, he kind of flirts with her. He kind of hits on her. He's like, oh, did your uh, husband take those photos? And she's like, oh, no, I'm not married. And he's like, oh, well, here's your change. And then he pulls out of his pocket, oh, and here's my number, too. And she just smiles and walks away. I'm like, oh, Mike, <laughs> you flirt. <laughs> So that's when the phone rings and it's Chillings and Chillings is like, Mike, Fulton, Fulton, what are you doing there? And Mike's like, well, I'm just watching the store while Henry and Punky are at court getting the, uh, their official adoption degree, de decree, excuse me. <laughs> so Chillings is like, oh, I knew that. I was just calling to offer my congratulations. <laughs> you were not. Why would they want it anyway after all the hell that you put them through, guy? Oh, also, you're going to find out what phone he's calling from in just a minute. And you know that saying, they deserve each other? They deserve each other. 
So even Mike is surprised. Like, uh, excuse me, you were the guy that was trying to keep them apart this whole time. And then Chillings lets him know that, well, I've submitted my resignation to the Department of Child and Welfare. Hey, so there's an opening if Mike wants to take that job. Of course, when Mike hears that, he does a little happy dance, like, yes! So, of course, Chillings is like, the job deserves to be for somebody who has got, you know, time, compassion, and who can stand the sight of children. So, Mike's like, so what are you going to do now? And Chillings is like, well, luckily my personal life has taken a turn for the better. And he says how he's found a special someone. Oh, and wouldn't you like to know who? Oh, that's funny. He's like, well, she's perfect for me. And as he takes off his glasses, he's like, hopefully someday I'll be perfect for her. Note to self, note to Simon, you won't be. I mean, after 20 years, Jules, unfortunately, was never going to measure up to what Tiffany wanted in a husband, which is sad. It's not on his part, it's on her part, because she's, she's not a nice lady. So she calls over, Tiffany calls over to Simon, like, Simon, lunch is served. And she is actually looks like she got a haircut in between that time. That Punky left, and now she's with Simon Chillings. So that's when, uh, once uh, Mike gets off the phone with Chillings, that's when Punky, Brandon... Henry, Betty, and Cherry all race in. They're like, I'm adopted. I'm going to play that clip right now. Ah! We get to hear the the instrumental uh, punky theme song play, too, as they're all trying on different costumes. I'll be right back. We are officially adopted. Way to go, guys. It was the most beautiful adoption proceedings I've ever seen. I wish I had a picture of you two right now. Oh, my good woman, you're at warning months. If it's pictures you want, pictures you'll get. All right, let's get into some YouTube comments for Changes Part 5. This was my favorite show. I'd always be in front of the TV on the weekend, on weekday afternoons, now thanks to... YouTube, I can get my daily fix. That's awesome. Can't live without my punky power, even as an over-the-40-year-old U.S. veteran. With girls of my own, lol. Punky was truly magic in every way. The character might have been fictional, but Soleil Moonfry breathed life into that character, giving life to it for generations to come. Long live Punky Brewster. Here's another one. She, uh, <clears throat> basically, Tiffany treats Punky like she's another of her possessions. So glad Jules finally stood up to her. Here's another one. This was the hardest episode to watch without crying. I love Punky Brewster. That was one of the most amazing five-part episodes I've ever witnessed. So much love, so much choices, and more importantly, so much Punky. It was definitely worth watching every bit of it. I swear, I think I just cried so much, my eyes might dry up. That was beautiful. I cried, too. You guys will hear it. When the background starts clapping, so did I. This person's referring to when Jules stood up to Tiffany, finally. 
All right, let's get on to my Brandon Tailwag episode rating. I'm giving together combined changes parts four and five, five, if I'm basically going to refer to them all as one hour episode. Uh, I'm giving it five out of five Brandon Tailwags. One, for Jules getting punky, uh, hold on a second. For Jules kind of taking to punky, and uh, taking her side as far as when it came to standing up to Tiffany. And then, uh, you know, enjoying her company and just seeing her kind of uh, try to adapt to their uh, high society way of living. And just, you know, listening to her, you know, about wanting to be with Henry again. And, you know, of course, finally her, uh, you know, him taking her back to Henry in the end. Two, Foxfire was a sweet horse. Three, Mr. Green giving Henry a personal loan to open his studio since the bank wouldn't allow him to approve a loan for Henry. He decided to give him money as an investment on Henry's business. Four, Punky tried to adapt to life with the Buckworths and the hilarious results like Brandon dressed like a girl with bows in his fur and a sparkly collar. And five, Punky getting adopted at the end. Punky's principles. Take children's feelings into consideration when they have to adapt to new surroundings, like a new home, with different rules than they're accustomed to. Don't just throw money at a person like it will fix all their problems. Plus, I'm pretty sure you can't take a foster kid out of the state, let alone the country. Also, marry for love, not convenience. It took Punky to help Jules finally realize he was being treated unfairly by his wife. He was able to put her in her place and re his wife in her place and regain his self-esteem. Chillings and Tiffany deserve each other since they're both rotten. Alright, let's give a shout out to some new Punky Power podcast listeners. We have Clarksburg, West Virginia, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Huntley, Illinois, Ashburn, Virginia, Houston, Texas, Centerville, Maryland, Muskegon, Michigan, Bahamas, Miami, Florida, Charlotte, North Carolina, Irving, Texas, Florida, Laurel, Maryland, Indonesia, Pennsylvania, Manchester, Pennsylvania, St. Louis, Missouri, Hollywood, Florida, Join me tomorrow as I cover Season 2, Episode 22, Accidents Happen, the season finale of Season 2, which aired on March 9th, 1986. In this episode, Punky's dream is to become an astronaut. It was Soleil Moonfry's dream when she was at, uh, when she was on the show at that time as well, when she grows up. When she sees the explosion of the Challenger space shuttle on TV, she is devastated. And it takes Mike and Buzz Aldrin, who's a guest star, to try to turn her, her, you know, attitude around, try to, like, be positive, like, yes, accidents do happen, but we can learn from those mistakes so that way in the future those things won't happen again. So, that being said, everybody enjoyed the episode, and I'll be back tomorrow with Accidents Happen. Alright, have a, have a good Friday, everybody.